What's going on, Refill Team Fairchild? As you guys know, the whole point of this podcast is just to help bring our community together. I've broken it down into simple things. We're just going to hack it out. We'll talk about humor and humility, accountability, connectiveness, and also kindness, and what other strings for our bows our guests have to bring to the table, because that's how we make that beautiful music. So let's go ahead and get this episode started. So I just wanted to preface the next five episodes we're about to listen to. Uh, You're going to hear my individual or personal leadership philosophies. Uh, They're broken down into about five different traits. You'll hear me joke about North America's hacks for anyone that forgets my name when you put my last name in front of me. First name actually spells North America, so that's how I get that fun part. And then um, I shared, I think, in the first podcast, but we're just breaking down humor, humility, accountability, connectedness, and kindness. And some of those words kind of do overlap, and you'll notice that I may have left out some keywords that we usually hear around the Air Force, but I tend to stray from what we usually choose to highlight, if you will. Always looking for more ideas, if you guys have any out there in the listening world. It can be your leadership traits, or maybe you'd like to have someone on the show that you really value. Whatever it is, just let me know. Other than that, we'll go ahead and get started. All right, Team Fairchild, today we're doing part one of five on my personal leadership philosophies. Today I'm lucky enough to have Senior Master Sergeant Adam Watson with me. Good morning. going to be here for humor. I've had a couple of interactions with Senior Watson, one of them being uh, during unconscious bias. He came through our class and he kind of really helped keep the class going, keep it light when we needed it to be light. And then also he called me out one time when we were at one of the top three meetings. And as I'm sitting here thinking about what ACE stands for, I always struggle with that because my first base at Milton Hall, ACE was airmen committed to excellence. So that's what my brain always goes to. And I know it has to do with mission capable airmen, agile. Combat employment. Thank you. And I remember you called me out on that. And I just, I can't ever remember it. I don't remember that. I feel so bad. (laughs) But that's just exactly why I have you here today. Uh, For those little humorous moments that we sometimes need. So uh, if you just want to introduce yourself, you just want to kind of tell us where you're from, what you do, and anywhere else you've been stationed, and anything else you just want to share with us. We'll get started that one. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I'm CMS Sergeant Adam Watson. I'm actually from here in Washington State. Okay. Graduated from Medic Lake High School just down the road. So I'm actually back home now. I've been in the Air Force for about 20 years. This is my sixth assignment, I think. I've been stationed at Misawa, Dover, Holloman. I did a stint in Belgium. I've been to Las Vegas, Kunsan, and then finally back home to Fairchild. Okay. So almost full circle. I'm stationed now where I re-enlisted from, so it's, it's kind of nice. Uh, I'm currently the senior enlisted leader at the 92nd Civil Engineer Squadron while Chief Hatcher is deployed. Oh, yeah. Okay. So once he gets back, we'll, we'll figure out what's going on. But uh, in the time being, I'm just kind of keeping, keeping the squadron going, keeping things from burning down for him while he's out. And then we'll kind of go from there when he gets back. So, so nice. it's great to be here. I was very humble when you asked me to come out here. And then when you said it was concerning humor, I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's easy. That's <laughs> one of my favorite things. So happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah, you and Senior Castleberry have really been holding down CE. So you guys have been doing really great work. And since this podcast is technically being recorded around the time that our BAH rates released, we really appreciate all the work that CE has done with Colonel Bentley and Chief Guzman, all the work you guys have all put in to kind of help 
push and make sure that the Air Force realizes the need that Fairchild has for a BAH increase. Oh yeah, our military housing flight is just phenomenal. And all the work they did to kind of feed into what Chief Guzman and Colonel Bentley were doing and help them advocate at all the appropriate levels really, for lack of a better term, paid off for us pretty well. So, I mean, we're finally getting airmen the correct amount of BAH, that base, basically allowance for housing that they need to actually afford the apartments off base here. So it's, it's a huge win for Team Fairchild. Yeah, it's crazy because I lived in McDowell for a couple of years and my BAH is now very similar to what it was or what it will be when I was at McDowell. But I noticed when I got here, the houses were the exact same price and the cost of living was the exact same price. Yeah, and it's slowly climbing. It wasn't like this when I was growing up, that's for sure. Spokane must have been so different. I I can't even imagine what Medical Lake probably looked like back then. Well, it wasn't that long ago. I'm not 130 (laughs) years old. But even even when I was a kid and I would come, I'm from Alaska, and we Mm. would drive the Alcan and come down to the lower 48, and every now and then we'd come to Spokane side. And I just remember it not being big. And now it's, well, it's trying to be huge. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely growing. The footprint hasn't changed a crazy amount. There's a lot more houses, a lot more developments. Airway Heights is a lot more significant than it used to be. We didn't have a casino when I was growing up. We didn't have the Walmart or the theater when I was growing up. Like all those things that are offered right off base, it just wasn't there. If you wanted that, you had to go, you know, into downtown Spokane to get it. And so that's kind of nice. That's kind of growing out this direction finally. In 2017, I was here for TDY and I remember driving down Highway 2 and there was just hardly anything. I think the first real things were the Jack in the Box and the Carl's Jr. a couple of years ago. And to see all the things that just popped up most most recently outdoor store mm-hmm. i don't know what it's that called. north 40 yeah yeah that place there's a lot of trouble to be had in that place that's right here <laughs> yeah you can't go in there without coming out with a new treasure of some kind okay it's dangerous <laughs> so I'll, I'll take my time going over there that way yeah i do hit up the dutch brothers every now and then on the other side of the street oh yeah i was really excited to see that kind of come closer to base Spokane, it's great, but there's just a lot of people in there, and there's a lot of one-way roads, and if I don't have to go into town, I don't like to. My wife's biggest complaint is all the one-way streets. I mean, if you want to go north, you have to take one road, and if you want to come south, it's a completely different road. I guess when you grow up with it, you get used to it. It's just normal. True. Yeah, I was coming down to Vision, coming back from a friend's house, and all of a sudden, we took a turn, and it made sense to go straight, but I didn't realize we were supposed to turn, and then all of a sudden, I was going back into town, and I had to figure out how to get back with all the one-way roads <laughs> and I saw where I came from and you know one block down is where I was trying to go but I had to take three blocks to get back to yeah. it. Yeah so. <laughs> lots of big circles lots of left turns yeah still can't for you. Yeah no it's great though there's, it's different but there's there's a lot of pretty good food down there too they're trying. Oh yeah it's, it's come a long way it really has grown and developed a lot as far as you know the, the culture and the identity of the city. So we'll, we'll get back on track a little bit. Not that that wasn't staying on track, but <laughs> for you growing up as a young airman, if I, I don't think we're too far off on when we joined. You've got a couple years on me, but Air Force was way different back then with the way we interact with leadership, mm-hmm. with the way we even at, re- interacted with staff sergeants, tech sergeants as an airman. How did you feel growing up in the Air Force compared to kind of how you are now as far as with her trait, humor, were you allowed to kind of just joke around with your NCOs or senior leadership, or did you feel like you had to stay within your peers? I think I had a pretty good group of NCOs raising me through the Air Force. 
and I was allowed to kind of express myself in that humorous manner for the most part. Um, not to say I haven't cracked an ill-timed joke and got hemmed up before, you know, Airman Watson standing at attention, just getting chewed up one <laughs> side down the other. I'd be lying if I said that never happened. Sure. And I can actually think of one specific time it happened that I'm not going to share. <laughs> but for the most part, I mean, it, it's, I don't think it's the timing, you know, I don't think it's today we can joke more than we could yesterday or yesterday we could joke more than today. It's really just about the people that are around you. And I've been fortunate just to have a lot of people that, I don't know if they understood me, but at least, you know, they humored me. They put up with me and they let me, they let me crack jokes a little bit and have fun where I could. So it was, I was very fortunate coming up that I wasn't, wasn't too strict for me. Okay. Do you, as a senior leader now, I mean, obviously, like you said, a time and a place, but how do you interact with your airmen on a regular basis? Is it, do you try and make sure the situation is light when it can be? Yeah. I mean, humor is a good icebreaker. And so if you can come in and put people at ease with it, that that's always the goal. And that's really what I use it for, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. It's just about getting people relaxed enough to be open and honest. I like to think I'm open and honest with all the airmen that I work for. So I just try to strive to make sure that they're comfortable enough to do the same for me. When you came and did the mentoring for Supervisor 2.0, you did a couple of those icebreaker exercises. Yeah. And the one where we wrote down the two nouns. No. Adjectives? Adjectives. Adjectives. And we won't go into the whole thing because I'm using it now for other things <laughs> as well. So thank you again for incorporating that. But it was fun to kind of hear the answers and see how they lined up yeah. with what we wrote down to describe these, these things. And the last question, of course, I actually got to use that in ALA, mm -hmm. the Air Power Leadership Academy. Yeah. And they just, they loved it, especially when we got to that last question. They were just like, oh my gosh can't believe you had us do that one kind of the yeah. way the way the nervous laughter was at first and then when <laughs> people started sharing their their adjectives you know like oh yeah this is fun this is a good way to just get to know each other yeah. and not feel pressured to have an air force answer for lack of better words yeah exactly and that exercise you know for those that haven't done it just take another course with sort of north and she'll do it for you but you know, there's there's always those creative ways to get people out of their comfort zone, almost get them off balance. And that's what I use him for to get people off balance. So they're more authentic. You know, they're they're not prepared to put up the facade or put on the mask and act like they're somebody else. They're more who they really are. And so you get a lot more done when you can be comfortable enough to be yourself in certain situations. And so I use exercises like that just to break down some of those barriers and get people, you know, smiling and grinning and feeling good about themselves and learning about themselves and other people. And so it's, it's just a fantastic opportunity. So yeah. I'm glad to hear that you're using it. That's awesome. Yeah. The other drawing one was fun too, but I felt that one was easier to kind of, especially, uh, cause I think it was leveraging diversity that my, my briefing was on that day or well, not briefing where our topic was that day. Cause yeah. again, we're, we're non PME in that class, but it was kind of cool just to kind of, one, it's hard. That's a hard topic to talk about in some aspects because you don't know how far you can dive. And it was more of a club-like situation, if anything. So we can take things deeper than we can in PME, maybe because we don't have to worry about repercussions to an extent, if that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. we don't want people leaving there feeling attacked or wanting to fight each other. But if yeah. they can have those deeper discussions and they can dive deeper, we're totally about that. Mm -hmm. And I totally just got off track at this point. <laughs> I was going with that. But I thought that was a great way to just kind of lighten the mood, oh, yeah. let them know that, hey, we're all human. This is a safe place. Exactly. 
actually you should you should come uh hang out sometime for an ala briefing if you have time oh yeah i talked to certain tissue about it i wasn't available for this previous one just because of that shoulder surgery but okay. now that i'm full up i think he said the next one starts in february yeah basically yeah i told him just let me know i would love to come participate those because i did a little bit with him actually when i was in kunsan oh cool and so him and uh, a guy named gene cheetah who brought it to kunsan yeah and so it's it's an awesome it's an awesome program i love what it does i love the just the discussion portion of it. It's a lot less instructional and a lot more, let's just share our opinions and kind of see where it goes organically. And so a lot of good things can come out of that unintentionally. Yeah. And so I just, I love the format and the, the goal of that program, so. Okay, yeah, I'll have to definitely let them know that, I didn't know you guys worked together on that jacket. Well, not work together, I was sitting on one of the panels, you know, I didn't okay. I didn't help him build it or, or execute or anything like that. That's, that's all him, but you know, I just kind of go in there and crack jokes <laughs> and answer silly questions so um actually one of our ala students not to make this about ala but her uh olivia stecker i don't know if you know her she's over from Searside. she's one of the pa okay individuals and then master sergeant solanish during mm -hmm. one of the briefings they both kind of commented on how be comfortable being uncomfortable oh, yeah. and i think humor helps with that sometimes oh, if we're willing to crack jokes at our expense too. I, I tell people that I'm never going to try and make you feel uncomfortable. If I do, you gotta let me know because I know I've crossed a line and I deeply apologize. But I'm gonna crack jokes on you, but I'm also gonna crack jokes on myself. So if you wait, when I do something, I'm gonna be the first one to call myself out yeah. because as I'm doing what I'm doing, I already know I messed up. <laughs> and I'm gonna totally just try and make it relatable. Yeah, a lot of it, you also gotta mix that humor with a little bit of humbleness and humility. And so it's, it's always good. Yeah, which is also one of my traits. Yeah, I mean, they all tie together. So I think that that's a great list you got going there. And, <laughs> and you can talk for, for years on any one of those topics. So yeah, you got a good moral compass to live by. Hey, on that I appreciate piece that. piece of paper that nobody else can see, <laughs> well, except for me. Yeah, for you today and then the other lucky individuals. But I do plan on trying to figure out other ways to share. Not to make people think you got to act like certain North Max, but this is just how I try and do things. Yeah. And I think that's what's so important about the different leadership traits we all have is as much as we share this in common, we probably don't share certain other things. Maybe not this list necessarily, but yeah. there's probably other things that maybe we don't 100% agree on or try and emulate. Yeah. And that's okay. And airmen growing up, they have to know that, okay, I like this trait. I don't like that trait. So if anything else, I know that I don't want to be like that yeah. or I do want to try and do that. Yeah, you got to find what works for you because that diversity in leadership is what makes us such an effective force. Yeah. Are there any stories growing up that you kind of just remember that because you being you and having some of these traits kind of maybe softened the mood or changed an outcome or, <sighs> or why, why do you... Why is humor so important to you or do you realize it's important to you? Or is that just something that naturally happens? Yeah. So, I mean, I've had people tell me that I don't take things seriously enough when I need to. I may be biased, but I think I totally take things serious when I need to. Sure. But it's really about, you know, like I said before, getting people off balance enough to be authentic and be themselves. And so probably the most recent time I used humor, borderline inappropriate was... Um, when I was stationed in Korea at Kunsan, we're in the middle of an exercise. And for anyone who's been to, to Korea, they know the exercises there are pretty serious. Sure. 
stress was starting to get up. You know, we're in the middle of one of our pretend attacks and people were starting to make frantic decisions and get spun mm. up and almost kind of spin out of control, just trying to get ahead of themselves. And, you know, I, I was kind of able to bring the tone back down a little bit by cracking a subtle joke. And at first not everybody got it, but then oh. people kind of started as I'm looking at around the room, some of the serious faces and some of the, the stress behind people's eyes and some of the tensed up shoulders just from what we're going through started kind of relax and people kind of kind of started smiling and tilting their heads a little bit. A lot of people looking at me like, did he really just say what I think he said? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, that started spreading around the room a little bit and eventually everyone was a little more relaxed. People started talking more clearly. People started breathing a little easier, even if it was through, you know, an M50 gas mask. Sure. And it, you know, that's, one of the times that I've seen it actually help out a little bit, you know, especially when you're in a leadership role, if you can find that balance between not taking yourself too seriously, but letting people know that it's still a serious situation, I, I think that's a home run. You know, that's one of the best things you can do is find whatever works for you, whether that's humor or any other kind of trait to kind of lighten the mood enough to be effective without completely undermining what you're trying to do. So it wasn't cracking jokes that, you know, the reason we were training, but it was really just trying to get people to lighten up a little bit and realize, you know, it's okay to make mistakes yeah. when you have the ability to make mistakes. You know, it's, it's not like missiles are flying right now, but if they were, you'd have to know what you're doing. Sure. First thing I do is don't take yourself so seriously, calm down a little bit yeah. and then let's get after it. Okay. And so I just find myself in situations where Humor helps me relax, and so I try to let it help other people relax, too. Oh, that's awesome. I, I just recently went to Whitworth for the second time, and um, one of my other traits that we'll get into later on, there's this girl sitting at, we were at lunch, and we were told, you know, we're going to be in the cafeteria with everybody. Last time we were secluded, and we had our own section specialized, but this time we were just eating with everybody else downstairs. So it, Naturally, we all go and try and find a table for ourselves because we're not sure if they want to interact with us, the students. But I saw one girl sitting by herself, and for whatever reason, the very blue side of me, I'm very blue with a little bit of gold and orange closely followed. The blue side of me saw her sitting by herself, and I hate when people are sitting by themselves, even if they want to be. My True brother... colors. You said blue, and I was thinking you're going full recruiter oh, on this no, poor no. young lady. No, 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 no. Oh, you're talking color. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have I'm to remember that. I'm keeping yeah. up Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, the gold and the orange helps. I see her and I just went and got my food and I asked if I could sit down with her. I forgot it was finals week, so that's why she's so frantic looking. And she's like, yeah, I got this presentation. And you could tell she knew what she was doing and she was ready, but just the sheer amount of stress she had on her, on herself. So I asked her what the briefing was about. I was obvious she, she was ready. It's 20 minutes. And anyone that hasn't ever had to do a lot of briefings before 20 minutes is oh my gosh the end of the world that's such a long time to have to be up in front of people talking she told me how she's going to do it and she broke it down she's, yeah i'm going to talk for a little bit show them a movie clip you don't want to talk when the movie's playing so, so there's probably five minutes that you've wasted which is awesome and then you're going to have them get into groups and talk about things so again while they're intermingling you don't have to talk either so really you don't have that much time you have to worry about you see the light bulb go off like oh I really don't have to talk for 20 minutes. I'm probably only talking for 10. Yeah. And then we just switched the mood so she wasn't even thinking about it. And you saw her start to laugh and tell me about how she got signed up for Whitworth and all the struggles she went through there. So I think that was re-stressful for her again on accident. 
yeah. on the whole process on how this girl ended up at Whitworth. But just trying to change the mood, like you said. And yes, we need to be prepared. She was prepared. So do we need to overthink it at this point? Probably not. Yeah. Let's get through this next hour, and then you go do your briefing. Just um, connecting with people, but also knowing enough to, can I joke with this person? Yeah. Or let's see what happens if I joke. Yeah. Do, do they react like they did? Yeah. With just you? throw that one out there and see if it, you know, if it, if it sticks or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's part of it too, is how, not how far can I go, but what can I do? Yeah. Or I guess it is how far can I go? Yeah. Not to make it like, oh my gosh, you crossed the line on purpose. But yeah. how far can I joke with you before I noticed that maybe that was an uncomfortable laugh? And yeah. Sergeant Northam, you need to probably back it up a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's, when I was younger, I would miss those sometimes. And I would find that limit, find that line of too far, and then just go right past it. And not even <laughs> realize it until it was too late, you know? Until my wife sat there pulling me back going, you're really embarrassing yourself. You should probably stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think maintainers, and I think CE is very similar to maintainers. I think we do like to push that line. With our jokes, well, sometimes not the most appropriate, but we learn very quickly, hey, we need to rein it back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've spent some time down in AMUs, and, uh, yeah, they can get uh, they can get very interesting. I've had some good laughs, and I've also had some good, all right, guys, let's uh, maybe change the topic. Yes. <laughs> Too far, guys. That's yeah. where the line was this time. So we've talked about one of my leadership traits. I'm very curious to know what you find valuable on how you interact and what makes you a successful leader. So I think one of the biggest things I like to do, you know, my mark of success is really, if I were to lead out today, whatever I have going on, whatever position I'm filling, whatever organization I'm part of is gonna be just fine. I don't like to make myself a single point of failure. Sure. And I think and this is just, you know, Adam Watson's philosophy on leadership. If you make yourself the single point of failure, then you're failing the organization because they never rely on you. And if for some reason you can't come through, whether it's a family emergency, something happens to you, you're just somehow indisposed and you can't make it, then what is everybody supposed to do? And then you leave your team scrambling and scratching to get things done. And so my, my philosophy is really, if you can leave an organization at the drop of a hat and it can keep going and even flourish, then you've been successful. You know, it's all about training your replacement, sure. setting people up for success, bringing people with you. And so if you're doing that and you're doing that appropriately, you're replaceable. And so my goal is always just to be replaceable. Like I want to be valuable. I want to contribute. I want to help, but I don't want to do it by myself. I don't want to do it in a bubble. Um, you'd mentioned, uh, Senior Castleberry before, and you know, one of the things he says that really resounds with me is let's grow together. And so I'm all about just trying to help grow the people around me so they can easily replace me. And that's my mark of success is being able to step away and everything's fine. You did your job, you trained the people around you, everyone is ready to continue on, whether you're there or not. So that's kind of my, I don't know if it's a trait necessarily, but that's kind of my mindset when I'm doing something. I want to make sure that I'm Setting something up with enough continuity, it's easy to hand off. Sure. That's a philosophy in itself. So that's, do you have anything else that you kind of prioritize? I mean, honesty is really good. Uh, trust and being humble are 
probably bar none the most important things. You know, if you can trust people, then they can trust you. But if you're not giving trust, you can't expect that trust to be reciprocated. Sure. And so it's about if you ask someone their opinion, listen to their opinion. Consider their opinion and let them know. Like be transparent with what you think about their opinion. Whether it's good, bad, can be improved, what have you, you know, the best thing you've ever heard in your life. It's really about trusting those around you to help you reach their goals and help you reach your goals and doing it in such a way that they trust you that they trust that you will also help them reach their goals. Awesome. And so it's, you know, grow together. Yeah. Because you're gonna grow so much further than by yourself. Because I think another saying is you can grow by yourself, you can progress by yourself, but in a team you'll flourish. Sure. And so it's it's all about bringing people up with you. Okay. And you do that with transparency, you do that with honesty, you accept that you don't know everything about everything, even if you think you do. You know, you, you can't add to a full cup. And so if you act like you know it all, then you're not going to listen to anybody else. Sure. And you're going to miss some important things, some innovative things from people that just have a different mindset from you, see things from a different perspective. Yeah. When you said grow together, that last little bit, and how you'll flourish, my mind went to the strawberry patch that we had. We planted one little, one little plant, and then the next year, it just, everywhere that it kind of could go, it randomly lined around. Yeah. That's so true. Give it what it needs, and it's going to take off on its own. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Strawberries are delicious. Yes, they were. The Unless you do like my brother, you eat an entire patch of strawberries, Ooh. and then you're sick for three days. Oh no. So yeah, hot hives aren't fun. All that vitamin C. Yeah, that's how we learned that he was allergic to gallons of strawberries. Oh wow. He consumed them all at once. <laughs> so in small doses, he's okay. Oh yeah. But barrels upon barrels. Yeah, it's probably a so bad good. idea. Probably for anybody, actually. Too much of anything is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, but yeah, humor. And I just want to, I guess, wrap this up. If there's any closing comments too. But I did write down. Um, the one thing I think about humor is finding the good in all situations and even the bad ones. And kind of like you mes mentioned with that stressful situation during the exercise. Yeah, it's so easy to focus on what's going on. And sometimes it's stressful and sometimes you don't realize that there is still good coming out of it. Mm -hmm. Yes, this sucks, but now next time I know it sucks and I know how to prepare for it at, yeah. the, very, at mm -hmm. the very minimum, right? Yeah, you can make it suck a little less Yeah. if you learn from it. And that's really the goal is just trying to learn from every situation. Yeah. But sometimes if the situation is too tense and you don't have a way to lighten it up, you'll miss those lessons. Yes. Chief Dietrich came and talked to ALA and he mentioned how most senior leaders at this point should kind of already know their philosophies. And now it's kind of up to us I mean, we don't have to make something quirky like I did, but it makes it easier for other people and myself to remember them at times. So as I was writing these down, I think I wrote the A, then the C, and then the K, and then the H's. And I was like, oh, I suppose, ugh. That's North America's ugh. That's, <laughs> What's your leadership style? <laughs> ugh. Ugh, it's, it's there. <laughs> but then I, I quickly was able to look through them and be like, hey, I got some H's in there. And I split up the two, and then I got my hack, North America's hacks. And since I got the two H's, and you know, when you see the word cul-de-sac, one by itself is cul-de-sac. Do you know the plural version of cul-de-sac? I don't. It's Coles de sac I learned that from Gilmore Girls of all places. But how weird does that sound? So it's like, a, there can be a thing called Coles de sac I can make these two H's be my hacks at the end. Huh. So that's what I kind of went with there. And it kind of sounds fun. I got a great first and last name. Thank you, Mom and Dad. So I'm <laughs> able to kind of put it all together. 
But yeah. again, maybe that's part of why I think humor is so important, and I made it number one over my number two. But Coles de Sac. I'm Coles sorry, de, I'm stuck yeah. on that one. Coles de Sac. There's a lot of words that when we make them plural, and I always say pluralized, and I know that's not a word, but... It is today. It sounds like one. I actually <laughs> coined it on another another podcast, ductility, because I'm tired of hearing resiliency. <laughs> and resiliency, when you look at the source, it takes you to flexibility, which is great, but another overused word. Yeah. So now I'm going to start overusing the word ductility, because that came from flexibility. Yeah. So if you want to use it, by Ductility, all means, we're taking it back. Yeah. I thought it would be like, fun. Be as ductile as possible. Yep. It sounds fun. And again, that humor side, I told Chief that I was doing that, and he just kind of laughed and slapped me on the back real quick. Yeah. But we're going to go with it and see how far it gets. I've got, <laughs> I've got three or four people on board already. Yeah. But again, just finding those situations, finding those overused phrases, and seeing if we can make them different. Yeah. And I, you were the first person I thought of when I went for, through these things for humor. So again, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Yeah. I, us being me by myself at this point, but when the listeners are engaged, there will be an us there. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Maybe do some Q&A sessions or something. Yeah, I would Start love doing to. doing the live stream. Ooh, that gets dangerous. Uh, the first shirt's kind of one up my game, and now they got the video. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that yet, but oh, yeah. that's what's coming next if Chief Guzman has his way. He thinks I need more speakers, and we'll see how much. Yeah, just set up a little studio. Yeah. Yeah, when I was in Belgium, I used to have to, well, I didn't have to, but I used to go do AFN spots to kind of Ooh, share what yeah. was going on with the Air Force on the little middle base we were at. And so it was cool, you know, being in that studio environment. So Yeah, they're broadcasters. Yeah. Yeah, AFN, I remember all those. I was actually in an AFN commercial, I'll date myself, back in 2008 or 2009. Date yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's so precious. <laughs> uh, Ramstein, they were doing a, a postal commercial and they had all the people they needed and I had hid away perfectly and then I guess someone fell out so I was walking around the corner and I noticed what they were doing I tried to walk back around the corner big post office and they yelled at me and next thing I know I'm in this this postal video just they had to tell me how to walk from one spot to another spot put a package away and then how to leave I couldn't believe I can't make this fluid. And they're like, no, you just just make sure you take these angles. And so I learned. I learned. You don't that. want to ruin their shot. I, I didn't even want to be in their shot, to be honest. But <laughs> but they got you. They did. And then they guilted you into you couldn't say no. Yeah, there there was no saying no back back in that part of the Air Force. Oh no, oh, <laughs> that, that was a voluntold at that point. <laughs> but like I mean, 2008, 2009. I think I was on my third deployment then. Okay, so maybe we aren't quite as close. Yeah, maybe anymore. I'm dating myself now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember when you said that you joined, but I knew you have a couple of years on me. Yeah, I was, uh, it was in 2001, so it wasn't a crazy long time ago. Oh, that's only three years ahead of me. You were yeah. just much more busy than I was as far as deployment yeah, rotations, you know, I guess. Times were tough back then, especially for CE. It was six months True. on, six months off. Jeez. If you weren't deployed, you were getting ready for deployment. So. Yeah. I, I was at Milton Hall, and then I went to Ramstein for postal duty for two years, mm-hmm. back when it was open to all AFSCs. Right, right. And that was great. Super busy. Hardest I've ever worked in my whole career, and a lot of maintainers don't believe me. When I say <laughs> I worked an 18-hour day, I was working 17 and a half hours out of that 18-hour day. Yeah. The only reason we were still at work is because we couldn't go home until the work was done. Yeah. And then we had federal law versus military law, and USPS says this mail has to be pitched within 12 hours. There's just not enough of us to make it happen. I don't know if you've ever been to some of the bigger overseas bases, Ramstein. I can't remember where you said you were at. 
Besides uh, no, I haven't been Belgium. to any big bases. I mean, I've visited those places from yes. the smaller bases I've been at, but I've never been assigned to really, really large bases. Other than Nellis, that's probably the biggest base. Okay. Yeah. 10,000 mailboxes we were responsible at our post office, another 5,000 on the other side of base. Yeah. Christmas time. Oh, I've never, I've never, I didn't cry, but man, I sure wanted to cry a little bit <laughs> on the inside. Because you usually get one giant semi truck just full of mail. Yeah. And that day we got two. And there was only like six of us working that night. Pitter patter, huh? And as soon as we we didn't even finish getting the boxes and the packages where they needed to go, and this other truck pulls up, and we just kind of all just stop what we're doing. I don't know if there was a humorous moment or if we all just yeah. kind of sat there and wanted to cry on the inside. One collective deep sigh. Yes. Eight eight hundred packages or however many on one truck, and then another however many, and that's just items so a bag could be full of another 15 20 packages oh yeah so you just kind of you die a little bit on the inside <laughs> and you can't take leave during those times which we understood going into the job but, yeah eh, i don't miss i couldn't do that today i couldn't keep up with that yeah. almost threw my arm out of socket once i would love to be part of that conversation when you're trying to tell your sisters and brothers down in the maintenance amu <laughs> how the hardest you've ever worked was at the post office and just well, not once i humor I, I bet jokes were just flowing <laughs> They, they have a hard time because I was like, no, it's comm squadron. Like, how are you comm squadron? Are you cross-trained? No, I just, I did a special yeah. duty. You didn't work that hard. And I guarantee you, I've been, I've done both. And crew chiefs, I know you work harder than comm nav, but I, I guarantee you, I haven't seen yeah, you guys. Who tells you crew chiefs work harder than comm nav? I, I, crew chiefs. That and <laughs> I, I live right next door to them when I'm, when I'm back in maintenance. Yeah. I would go help them sometimes too, but. They get after it, but I've also seen them, you know. Waiting in the ready, watching movies. Sure. When all the jets are in the air. Sure. So. Deployment's a little bit different. Deployment is when specialists usually go help launch aircraft too. Yeah. And crew chiefs focus on, I think, when the plane comes down and getting it ready to go back up. And yeah. we don't have to help out as much with that, with refuels or anything. But. They are the masters of hurry up and wait. I yes. can't tell you how much time, how many times I've been out to the fire bottle to check on a crew chief who's been there, you know, for a seven o'clock landing and it's nine o'clock and they're just waiting on yep. the jet. So they are the masters of hurry up and wait. I'll give them that. Yep. We're, we got to be out there ahead of time. Yes, a plane's supposed to be down at a certain time, but sometimes it's not. Yep, and that's one thing so you cannot help with turning on sure. the heat or turning off the AC on the flight line. Sure. <laughs> sure. Out on the ramp, it's just going to be what it is. So the struggle can be real. We get on age for that at that point. <laughs> Make sure you bring us an air cart or an yeah. AC cart or a heater cart. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know how to use an AC cart, to be honest. At my time at McDill, we never used them. I had a I had a good life as an instructor. Oh yeah, you were an instructor down there. Yeah, I was deployed down there. Oh, Centcom. Yeah. Deployed. Yes. Joel Tampistan. I was actually with Soxent. Okay. So the the joint arm of it. So nice. It was a it was an interesting deployment. Lots of good food. Lots of good food. Lots of good South Tampa can be pretty crazy sometimes. It can. And Ebor's right there as well. I was actually just talking to a friend about Ebor. Yeah, Ebor and Clearwater, and it's yeah. Lots to lots to go visit, lots to eat, but also right outside the base, you feel it's like yeah. being outside the wire sometimes. And what is that Bayshore Boulevard where you can yes. go running and the dolphins will be swimming next yes. to you? So that's yeah. McDill's a cool little spot. It is. It's a, it's it's a busy place, but they do a lot of good things there too. But senior, if you don't have, do you have anything you'd like to kind of share on closing mm -hmm. remarks? No, I mean I just thank you for thinking of me when it comes to humor and sharing leadership philosophy and you know, it was an honor to come down here and hang out with you for a little while and 
if you ever need anything, just feel free. Give me a holler. I can always make myself available. And thank you for always being one of my go-tos for mentoring and for doing briefings. Oh, yeah. I'm sure in 2022, I'll be reaching out to you a lot. Yeah, you know where I'm at. <laughs> yes, excellent. All right. For those of you guys listening, that is part one of five. You guys have a spectacular day. Up another episode. If you guys want to be on the podcast or know someone who might want to, or possibly have an idea for a podcast, please have them reach out. They can hit me up at 92 Foxtrot Sierra Sierra. Foxtrot Sierra Delta Papa. Fairchild Charlie Alpha Alpha at us.af.mil. And until next time, you guys have a spectacular day. <laughs>